0: Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's
1: Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Hello, Sixpackers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 58. My father fought in Korea. Just as all boys do, I asked Dad what he did during the war, and he was always evasive. I only learned some things about his Army wartime service after he died. I'll not go into detail, but Dad had earned a silver star with clusters, a bronze star, and a purple heart with clusters. He went over there as an E-3 and came back two years later as an E-7. You veterans can appreciate what that means. Oh yeah, I almost forgot to mention Dad was only 15 years old because his half-brother lied about his age so he could get in. This isn't about my dad, though. It's about a world at war, and those who have fought and are fighting that war. Most men who fought in a war don't like talking about it. Maybe they kick it around with fellow war veterans from time to time, but most simply live with the memories. They live with the glory and the horrors, otherwise keeping their war memories away from polite company. I get that. It's very understandable. I served in the army, but we weren't fighting any wars then. I have fought in a war as a Catholic, though. It's a new kind of war, and it's one I'm not anxious to talk about. It's a war that's been fought since the dawn of time, and now things in that war have advanced enough that it really needs to be exposed to the light of day. You might not believe a word of what I tell you in this episode.
0: Do you have an apostolate you'd like other Catholics to learn about? Maybe you have an e-commerce business and you want to build sales while supporting a Holy Orthodox apostolate. Whatever you want to advertise, The Cantankerous Catholic is your portal to success. The Cantankerous Catholic isn't even a year into broadcasting its weekly shows and we're already listened to in 16 countries, all 50 states, and 101 major cities throughout the US and Canada. Our listener demographics are the most sought after for advertisers. The cantankerous Catholic avatar is 53% men and 47% women, ages 18 to 34. The show's average growth rate through 2019 was 24% per week, and our listeners are Orthodox Catholics who reject heterodox Catholic positions and political correctness relative to other podcasts and online advertising our rates are extremely cost effective and inexpensive. You can advertise in each show's show notes in the recorded episode itself our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode, all of these media together or in any combination. So contact us today by filling out the form on the sponsor kit page at cantankerouscatholic.com or email Joe Sixpack the every Catholic guy directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com to learn how you can begin driving traffic to whatever you want to promote while helping to support a worthy, orthodox, and hard-hitting apostolate.
1: Satanism, demonic activity, and the completely black diabolical arts are far too advanced and implanted in society now, and evil forces are gathering in an attempt to destroy the Catholic Church. Satan doesn't attack the Church as most of us expect, though. He doesn't launch an all-out assault on the Church, but rather works incrementally on individuals. Satan's more effective if he can attack each of us subtly and on an individual basis. He's so subtle, in fact, that he's been able to convince most of us he's really nothing more than a concept. But you can believe this. He's real. He's very real. The Diocese of Rome has more exorcists than any other diocese in the world because there's more demonic activity officially recognized there than anywhere else in the world. However, I do suspect that if bishops would stop focusing on being businessmen and start focusing more on the spiritual dynamics in their sees, we'd probably discover there's actually more demonic activity in various locations throughout America than in Rome. The International Association of Exorcists, a bona fide association of exorcists that was founded by the late chief exorcist of Rome in 1990, has been sounding the alarm about the foothold Satan's been gaining around the world. What makes that so alarming is that this is completely against the very nature of exorcists. Exorcists are the warrior priests in the church. Due to the sensitive nature of their work, they ordinarily do all they can to stay under the radar and not attract attention. So that the International Association of Exorcists is saying anything in public at all is quite extraordinary. They've told us that exorcisms have exponentially increased in the United States in the past couple of years. That shouldn't be at all surprising. After all, we live in a country whose leftists promote everything they can against life. By leftists in this case, I'm referring to the Democratic majority in the House of Representatives. They promote the LGBT agenda, which is completely against life. They promote euthanasia, abortion from conception to birth, and many even want something they're referring to as post-birth abortion. Post-birth abortion, that's nothing but infanticide by anyone's definition. The so-called compassionate left wants to begin killing babies after they've been born. That sounds just like the demonic god Moloch. Moloch's followers sacrificed babies to him as an act of worship. And that's what the hate-filled Democrats want to do. And that's an ideology right out of the bowels of hell. America and the Catholic Church in America are becoming saturated by demonic influence and activity. The International Association of Exorcists issued a warning that a book of demonic incantations for children had been published and made available for sale on Amazon. It's called A Children's Book of Demons, published in July of 2019. It targets children ages 5 through 10. Satan and his minions are targeting children for crying out loud, those with the most impressionable minds among us. But this book isn't all. When I went to Amazon to see the book for myself, I was shocked to also find demonic coloring books, satanic bedtime stories, and even books that talk about the positive advantages of demons. In the autumn of 2019, a most extraordinary event occurred. I spoke about this in a previous episode last November. Four different exorcists performing four different exorcisms of four different demons received the same identical message from those demons when the exorcists had them under involuntary compulsion. The message was that on a particular day in December of 2019, a very powerful demon would enter the Catholic Church. Did it really happen? I don't have any way of knowing, but my own personal experience and the fact that this warning was issued by bona fide exorcists certainly gives it a lot of credibility for me. Once again, exorcists try to stay hidden, so a public statement like this should carry a lot of weight with all of us. Satanism is on the rise in this country and at an alarming rate, but we need to understand that there are two different types of Satanism the public Satanism, and the vastly more evil hidden Satanism. Public Satanism would be represented by groups like the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan. In public Satanism, adherents claim that Satan isn't real, but rather that he's just a symbol of something resembling libertarianism. The public Satanism has begun to boldly assert itself in society and culture public black masses that aren't real, erection of satanic and demonic statuary to compete with Christian symbols in public places, and an explosion of new satanic religions, chapters, and formal church buildings. They're trying to make Satanism acceptable and tolerated and normalized, just the way the diabolical LGBT lobby did. Yes, LGBT is diabolical. It's literally from the depths of hell. No Catholic can accept any other view of LGBT than that, lest he cease being Catholic because he adheres to heresy in public. The hidden Satanism is quite different from the public version. They do indeed believe Satan is a real person, that he's God's enemy, and that he's intent on destroying mankind. They celebrate real black masses, and that means they sacrilegiously use a consecrated host to do so. You see, they have to have a consecrated host to have a black mass, because everything in Satanism is a mere mockery of everything holy in the Catholic Church. Notice that Satanism doesn't mock anything Protestant, only that which is Catholic. And that should tell you something, unless you drool and have trouble figuring out how to tie your shoes, that is. Another reason I am vehemently opposed to any priest allowing communion in the hand is because of the potential for satanic theft, so they can desecrate Jesus in their black masses. I've had some very scary encounters with hidden Satanism myself. I'd learned that a Catholic had gone to the dark side, that he'd become a Satanist, and that he was stealing hosts for black masses. At every Mass, this apostate Catholic would go to communion to pocket a host that he easily got from a priest through the abominable practice of communion in the hand. His priest had no idea that he was being a conduit for Satanists to do the most unthinkable things to the body of Christ. Unlike most Christians, both Catholics and Protestants, I'm not the least bit afraid of Satanists. They have souls created in the image and likeness of God just like anyone else. Therefore, once I learned about the apostate who was stealing consecrated hosts for black masses, it became a moral imperative that I try to get him back to the Church's embrace. In pursuing this Catholic soul, and we did eventually get him back, I had occasion to meet and get to know the Coven's high priest. We actually developed a congenial relationship. If it hadn't been for the knowledge that I had to assume everything he said and did was a lie, this young man and I could have become friends. He knew much more about the Catholic faith than I did. People often say I'm a walking Catholic encyclopedia, but he made me look like an abridged version. What was most striking about it was that I was in my late 30s and he was in his early 20s. Anyway, we spoke candidly about the goals of Satanism and the conflicts between it and the Church. Neither of us were anything other than blunt and truthful when dealing with the subject matter. Working with several other committed Catholic men, we began to evangelize Satanic members we met as a result of my relationship with the high priest. We first went after those we knew were Catholic, then just began pursuing anyone who we thought might be receptive. A surprising number of them were to the chagrin of the high priest. We met with incredible success, thanks be to God. Consequently, the high priest ordered the murders of myself and another man. On multiple occasions, he and I escaped death, twice miraculously. No, don't ask, I won't tell you what happened. That I am speaking publicly about it at all is exceptional. Some listeners have been highly critical of me for the things I say, and that I push so hard for Catholics to take action in their own lives, especially regarding morality. Now you know one of the reasons why I do what I do. I've seen hell from a better view than most people do prior to death. Since this podcast began, I've been begging you to renounce apathy and moral activity that's diametrically opposed to what Christ teaches through His Church. I'm begging you once again now to repent of what you know was evil. Stop contracepting. Stop viewing pornography. Stop having sex outside of marriage. Because the situation has become so urgent, I decided to briefly touch on the experiences I don't like to talk about at all. If you could hear the things I've heard, see the things I've seen, feel the things I've felt, You'd drop to your knees right this instant and beg God for the graces to follow him perfectly. You'd beg him for the graces to become a saint. Satan exists. He's real. He's the personification of evil. He wants your soul and he'll stop at nothing to get it. If you're apathetic or lazy about the faith, If you're not concerned about learning and living the faith well, and if you don't see it as a big deal to skip Mass from time to time, or if you easily commit pet mortal sins without a tinge of troubled conscience, then you really don't need to worry. Satan already has you.
0: What do Billy D. Williams, the celebrated American artist Norman Rockwell, and famed comedian Jimmy Durante have to do with one man's journey from conservative Judaism to the cross? Everything. Marty Barrick has lived one of the most fascinating conversion journeys ever told. In Calvary Road, Marty's Biography, you can read about Marty's military service with Billy D. Williams, how Norman Rockwell helped him pass a college course, how, in his deep abiding love for his late wife, Marty helped Irene travel the road of sanctity, how the times are quickly reaching critical mass for fulfilling prophecy concerning the Jews, and much, much more. Get your copy of Calvary Road by Marty Barrick today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top 5 Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number 5.
1: Hats off to LifeSite News. The situation in the church today is so severe that five cardinals and two of the most prominent bishops in the world have spoken about these as the end times. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes.
0: Catholic Catholic News Pick Number number 4
1: Hats off to LifeSite News. A U.S. archbishop says Pope Francis told a group of American bishops in Rome that civil unions for homosexual couples that give them access to public benefits are acceptable, as long as it's clear such arrangements can never be considered marriage. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic
0: Catholic News Pick Number
1: number 3 Hats off to Catholic World Report. A group of local Catholics gathered outside Melbourne Prison on Christmas Eve to sing carols to George Cardinal Pell, currently incarcerated in the facility, and to pray for him as well as the other inmates and prison staff. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes.
0: Catholic Catholic News Pick Number number 2
1: Hats off to LifeSite News. Bishop Athanasius Snyder has said Pope Francis has the duty to prevent bishops in Germany from leading a clergy and faithful down the synodal path over the precipice of heresy. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic
0: Catholic News Pick pick Number number 1
1: Hats off to the Daily Wire Rock music icon Meatloaf said that the climate change activist Greta Thunberg has been brainwashed into believing that climate change is real. Meatloaf said, I feel for that, Greta. She has been brainwashed into thinking that there is a climate change and there isn't. She hasn't done anything wrong, but she's been forced into thinking that what she is saying is true. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes.
0: Warning to snowflakes, if he thinks it, he says it. It's time now for Joe Sixpack's Common Sense Catholic Commentary.
1: President Trump has been doing a remarkable job of restoring America's greatness. But no matter what he does, the government continues to grow like bacteria, and it spends our money like a drunken sailor, risking the future of our children and grandchildren to be able to pursue the American dream. Indeed, the American dream isn't nearly as clear and desirable today as it was a mere 20 years ago. In fact, the American dream is just a shadow of what it was when I entered the workforce nearly 50 years ago. I've got a couple of proposals to fix the situation, and one of them needs to be a part of our national discussion. There are two reasons why the federal government continues to grow, 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 and spin, spin, spin. The blame can certainly be spread around to all three branches of government, and most especially the Congress. We know the reason the government began its expansion is because of the Democrats and rhino Republicans, because they think government is the answer to everything. Once they planted the seed for big government and it began to germinate, the bureaucracies took on a life of their own, and the deep state perpetuates itself to assure their own job security at taxpayers' expense. That's the first reason why the government's so bloated. But do you know who the primary blame should be assigned to? If you said the American electorate, you'd be absolutely correct. This has got to change, and in my opinion, the way we need to do it is by changing our voting laws and amend the Constitution if need be. Do you realize that only 53% of Americans pay federal income tax? Sure, everyone has taxes deducted from their paychecks, but every dime of that goes back to the people paying them at tax season, 47% of Americans to be precise. In fact, the majority of those people get thousands more than they paid in through the unearned tax credit. A whopping 49.2% of Americans get some form of assistance from the federal government, and therein lies the problem. Does it make sense that 53% of people who actually pay taxes fund the benefits of 47% of Americans who don't? Analogously, that's like taking your family to a restaurant for dinner, then when it's time to pay the bill, you discover that you're also paying for everybody else's dinner. Is that fair? Is that something you'd stand for? Unless you're a fool, I don't think you'd stand for it at all. I believe that the 47% of Americans who don't pay taxes shouldn't be allowed to vote. For the record, I'm in that 47% group. I'm willing to give up my right to vote to stop politicians from spending all the taxpayers' money on federal entitlements and putting our nation further and further into debt. The only exceptions to what I propose are those who are in the military, retired from the military, and people who draw Social Security retirement, not the other freeloaders who are draining the Social Security Trust, which is a myth anyway. I'm also opposed to federal employees continuing to vote, because the vast majority of them will only vote for politicians who will help perpetuate the bureaucracies they work for and the greater good of America be damned. Besides, most of them are in that 47% of Americans who don't pay taxes. Everyone will scream that a proposal like this denies citizens the right to vote. If you commit a felony, you can't vote. Did anyone twist your arm to commit that felony? No. So if you want to vote, don't commit a felony. No one is twisting the arm of someone working for the federal government either. If that federal employee wants to vote, all he has to do is get a real job. You know, a job created by some greedy capitalist, like most everyone else in America. Actually, there's a way to avoid depriving anyone of the right to vote. It's simple. Completely scrap the tax code in America as it exists and make everyone in America pay a flat tax. No deductions, no minimum income, no exemptions. If you get a dollar, Uncle Sugar gets his percentage. That way everyone has some skin in the game. It has the added benefit of taking away politicians' motivation for giving away our money as a way to cater to federal employees and the 47% of Americans who don't pay taxes. The Apostle Paul had a very simple solution in first-century Christianity. In 2 Thessalonians 3.10 he wrote, If anyone will not work, let him not eat. Simple. To the point. A great concept. Well, we need to adjust and paraphrase that to make the concept applicable to today. In the Book of America, chapter Joe Sixpack, verse 1, it says, If anyone will not pay taxes or depends on the government for his livelihood, let him forfeit his right to vote. It's only fair that no one except actual taxpayers vote for those who are charged with the use of the National Treasury. That's truly representative government. Just for giggles, I want to emphasize this point a little further. Let's say you've got a room with 100 people. 53 of those people are parents. The other 47 of them are kids. They're all going to vote on one issue. The thing they have to decide is an item in this month's family budget. Do they vote to have a weekend getaway to Disney World, or do they vote to pay the mortgage? Certainly all 47 of the kids are going to vote for Disney World, but what about the parents? It only requires four irresponsible parents to get everyone headed to Disney World, and the mortgage be damned. Do you think it likely that we could find four irresponsible parents out of 53? I'm convinced you could. For proof of that, all you need to do is observe how fiscally responsible the typical American is with an average household credit card debt of $17,000. No matter whether we begin denying leeches the right to vote or make it so everyone pays his fair share in taxes, the bottom line is that things can't continue the way they are. If America can't meet her financial obligations, she ceases to exist. Then where would we be? In your family, you can't continue to spend more money than you take in. You'll end up penniless and homeless. So what the hell do you think is going to happen to America if it continues down this path? There is one other solution to this problem, one I've talked about before. The U.S. Constitution provides us with a solution in Article 5, which says that when the national government becomes tyrannical and strays from the Constitution, the people themselves can fix things with a convention of states. Millions of Americans support this movement, ranging from your neighbors to top constitutional attorneys like Mark Levin and Texas Governor Greg Abbott to those who've seen the D.C. problem up close and personal like Senators Marco Rubio and Tom Colburn. Check out my show notes to get links to learn everything you need to know about an Article 5 Convention of States.
0: Can you see yourself making converts? Very few books have ever been written to teach the mechanics of practical Catholic evangelization, something all Catholics are obliged to do. Of the books available, none teach you a step-by-step method for actually cultivating an inquirer, then taking that inquirer all the way to the baptismal font. Until now! Nobody is more qualified to teach Catholic evangelization than Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Joe Sixpack has made hundreds of converts since 1988 in small group and one on one venues, and 84 of them are his adult godchildren. Consequently, Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, is a virtual treasure trove of how to resources for evangelization. In the Lay Evangelist's Handbook, Joe Sixpack will show you how to become one of God's rock stars of evangelization, what the two primary obligations are for all Catholics that most people don't know, how to begin the journey to becoming a saint, the actual mechanics of productive evangelization, the dangers of nice Catholicism, how to hear God laugh, what to do step by step to win over a convert, and much, much more. Get your copy of The Lay Evangelist's Handbook by Joe Sixpack, The Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo.
1: I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. Augustine was one of the greatest minds the church ever produced. One day as he was walking along the seashore, he was thinking about the Trinity and trying to think of a way he could help the lady to fully understand this mystery. He suddenly ran across a boy playing on the shore. The boy had made a hole in the sand and was taking water from the sea with a bucket and pouring it into the hole. Augustine stood watching the lad for a few minutes, then asked him, Son, what are you doing? The child answered, I'm going to empty the sea into that hole. Augustine smiled and said, That's impossible. Don't you see the ocean is much larger than the hole you made? The boy replied, It would be easier for me to do that than for you to completely understand the mystery of the Trinity. The child turned out to be an angel. You can't ever fully understand how the three divine persons are only one and the same God. This is a mystery of faith. A mystery of faith is a truth we can't fully understand but believe it on the basis of the authority of the one who revealed it to us, which in this case is Jesus Christ. That's it for this episode, Six-Packers. Be sure to come back and listen to next week's episode. If you like The Cantankerous Catholic, be sure to write a review wherever you download it so other like-minded Catholics can more easily find it. And be sure to visit my show notes to get links to other things relevant to this episode. As long as you're on the show notes, drop a comment at the bottom to let me know what you think of this episode, or to suggest topics for future episodes. If you happen to be on cantankerouscatholic.com for the show notes, download a free copy of The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It, Volume 1, and visit the Joe's Stuff page to get copies of my other books and some really neat coffee mugs. I think you six-packers are the cream of the Catholic crop, and I really appreciate you listening. Just remember, though, comfort and conviction— don't live on the same This has been The
0: Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Thanks for subscribing and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.